0: Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. As you heard, we're kicking off a new series today called Summer in the Psalms. And uh, we're going to take a couple months and we're going to kind of navigate through um, some of the, uh, some of the Psalms. And I love the book of Psalms because it's all about worship. And I don't know about you, but I love worship. I'm not necessarily great at worship, um, but I love worship. And when it comes to the book of Psalms, it's full of worship songs. Like actually it was called at one point the Tehalem uh, which I'm sure I butchered that, but uh, in the Hebrew it means pray songs. And uh, so when you look at the Book of Psalms, you could you could almost think of it like the greatest hits of God's people in the Bible—the greatest hits. I mean, it's composed of of poems. It's composed of of songs over a thousand year period. And uh, and these psalms, what they do is they help us better understand how to worship God, but not just how to worship God with our lips, but how to worship God with our lives. And, uh, I've been a pastor for quite a while now. And, uh, being a pastor has allowed me to really be able to develop some amazing relationships. And, and one thing that I've discovered through the years is that I've not, I've not come in contact with one person that hasn't wished that their life could be successful, that hasn't desired for their family, for their career, for everything in their life to be successful. And uh, what I wanna do today is I wanna look at Psalm chapter 127, so if you got your Bible, you can begin to, to make your way there. And I wanna talk to you and help you kinda understand why a desire to want a better life doesn't always equal a better life. I want to talk to you today from the uh, title, Who is Your Architect? Hey, who is your architect? If, um, if you've got your Bible, turn with me to 127, and uh, let's prepare our heart uh, uh, with prayer before we get into today's message. Say this out loud with me. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. How many many in the room love to draw? Like how many when you were a kid, you just loved to like paint and draw? Like we've got our youngest daughter, Journey, um, is that way. Uh, So much so that when she was a kid, uh, well... She's 15, so I guess you're still a kid. But but when she was younger, um, she actually would decorate um, Easter eggs in her closet. Yeah, like unboiled eggs with dye in the closet with carpet. Yeah, great, great, great. Um, But as a kid for me, I loved to, to draw. I loved, I was creative. I remember as a little kid, I would lay on my stomach in the dining room. And we had this um, sliding glass door that would go out into the backyard. And I would just lay on my stomach with a, with a pad of paper and a pencil. And I would just stay there for hours sketching the backyard. I mean, there was nothing fancy about the backyard, fences and birds and trees, but I would just lay there and just draw and, and sketch um, when I got a little bit older in middle school, I had the opportunity to take a drafting class, which for me was, was probably one of my favorite classes of all time because it was like the perfect mixture between art and creativity and math because I was good at math. And, um, you know, we would like draw things and build things. And I remember, um, I remember one project that was my favorite project was we had to build a bridge out of toothpicks. Anybody ever have to do that as a class project, like you use toothpicks and you're building this like miniature bridge and, um, and then you set it over, um, you know, on two desks and then you're st- they, they have the string that attaches to it and you put weights on it and, and you're supposed to see how much, uh, weight your bridge can hold before it begins to kind of twist and, and fall apart. And, um, and I love that kind of stuff. Like I'm just a super creative kind of, kind of guy. And what I began to, to understand as I began to get older, I began to make my own decisions. I began to, to raise my own family is that, that this creative instinct of being able to kind of visualize what I wanted something to be and then began to create it, that, that that didn't work out too well for my life. Like the more that I began to like visualize the kind of life I wanted and the kind of family I wanted that that it would lead me down, um, not necessarily a bad path, but but not the right path. And the reason why was because I was the one that was building it. Like I was the one that was building my marriage. I was the one that was building my family. I was the one that was building my career. And I'm going to explain that here in just a second. But if you were to ask any architect, um, what is one of the most annoying things about your job? They would say when a client comes to them already knowing what they want it to look like and all they want from them is not to create it and to draw it, but to just put their stamp on what's already been created. And the problem is, is that many of us in our lives, we do that. Yeah. We do that. Like we come to God and we have this vision of what, what maybe dating should look like. We have this vision of what we want marriage to look like or our version of parenting or our version of success or what our future holds or even retirement. And And what we end up doing is we end up bringing our version to God and we say, God, can you put your stamp of approval on this? And then, and then guess what happens when, um, when things fall apart and it doesn't work out the way that we hope that it would, right? Then we come back to God and we blame him for it not working the way that we thought that it should. And here's what took, it took me years to really understand this truth as it relates to God's word is that God doesn't bless what he doesn't build. That God doesn't bless in our lives what he doesn't build. And what I began to discover was that, that God desires to unlock a door in all of our lives. And the door above the top says immeasurably more than we could ask or think or imagine. And it's a door that is in all of our lives, like like that is my desire for my marriage, that is my desire for our home, that is my desire for my future, this immeasurably more but what i've learned is that god can only provide the key to unlock that door to the houses that he builds. and so today as we as we open psalm 127 and we kind of begin to look and see what God has to say about who's the architect in our life. A little bit of backstory so you kind of understand what's happening here is that Psalm 127 is one of only two Psalms in the Bible that Solomon wrote. Now, Solomon was King David's Uh, sun. And what's interesting about um, this Psalm is that it's grouped with 15 other Psalms. So Psalm 120 through 134 that are called the Psalms of Ascent. And the reason why they're called the Psalms of Ascent is because when the Jews would would travel to Jerusalem for one of, of the three annual festivals there, they would sing these 15 songs as they were walking up the hill to Jerusalem. And so if you look at Psalm 127 verse 1, um, it, it, it might sound something um, like this. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. does that sound good? I auditioned for the worship team, but they didn't. Uh, they didn't take me. Um, I, I I wonder. I wonder if that would sound a little bit better if I had some like effects on my. Because that man, that covers a lot of stuff, right? So um, unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Hey, hey, hey. hey songs of sin. Yes. (laughs) But they would sing. I mean, these are, think about, we read them, but think about from their perspective, these are songs. These are songs that they would sing as they began to go up and, and to worship the Lord. And, and I think what's really, what's really fascinating about this one in particular is that, that most scholars believe that when the Jewish Exiles from Babylon, they came back to Nehemiah and were built rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. That that's when Psalm 127 was actually written. And the reason why they say that is because they came back, they ended up coming back to a city that had been decimated. See, the Lord had built a house in the first place, but then the people ended up leaving God. And when they left the Lord, the city fell apart and it was taken over by captors. And so now these people, these Jewish people, after learning this painful lesson, they come back to rebuild the city and that's when the song is written by Solomon that unless the Lord builds the house that the builders labor in vain, that unless the Lord watches over the city that the guards stand watch in vain. And then you fast forward years later and this, this painful lesson that was turned into a praise song. Much like a hymn becomes a reminder to the Jewish people as they ascent into Jerusalem. And so what is, what do you think God wants us to learn from this song? What do you think God wants us to learn from just this one phrase of unless the Lord builds the house, that the builders labor in vain, that unless the Lord watches over the city, that the guards stand watch in vain. I think a couple things that I recognize in this verse is that there's two different examples that communicate one powerful truth, that if God isn't the architect in our life, then it's not worth the effort of building. You see, throughout Scripture, the Bible uses the word house, but not just as a physical structure, but also as a, as a metaphor. It's used in the Bible to refer to the local church. It's used in the Bible to refer to our own personal families and homes. But I'm 100% convinced that this truth also holds true to every endeavor in our life. Like every area of our lives that this holds true, that unless the Lord builds, then all the building that we do is done in vain. Unless the Lord builds our family, unless we allow the Lord to build our marriage or to build our our parenting style or or our children or to build our career or even our future, that the builders, us, as hard as we work and as much as we desire those areas of our life to be amazing and God-honoring, that Solomon says that we labor in vain. Now I think what's interesting is that, that as Solomon wrote this, we see in this verse that he uses this word vain three times, three times in one verse. And this word vain in the original language, check this out, it means emptiness, that it means emptiness, that if we don't allow the Lord to build this area of our lives, then All the work that we do, all the exhaustion that we go through, all the worry that we experience in our life, we do it in vain, that it leads in our life, it leads to the state of emptiness. It leads us to a place where ultimately we end up frustrated, we end up unfulfilled. You see, as long as you and I are the architect in our life, As long as you and I are the ones that are determining what does our future look like? What is our business going to look like? What's my marriage? When when I get married, what is that gonna look like? As I begin to navigate children and and how I'm gonna raise them, what does that look like? As long as we set ourselves up to be the architect and then we just come to God asking for his stamp of approval on it, that we're going to experience in our lives emptiness, frustration, and a lack of fulfillment. You know, I think it's interesting that um, if you were to visit Edinburgh, Scotland, that you would notice there that they've got a, a, a coat of arms that was officially registered in 1732. And this coat of arms is, is on many of the, the buildings, many on, of the landmarks. Here's a picture of of one of it. And across the top of that image, which is obviously hard to read, it says this, Nisi Dominus Frustra. Nisi Dominus Frustra, which is translated, without the Lord, frustration. Without the Lord, frustration. Frustration. And friend, I think what Solomon is trying to get across to us and what the Lord wants us to receive today as we kick off the series in Psalms is that wherever we choose to be the architect in our life, whatever we choose to do without the Lord, all we're going to wind up experiencing is frustration. It's a powerful reminder to their city. It's a powerful reminder to us that unless the Lord builds the house, the builders, that they labor in vain. You see, for many of us, we, we wrestle with, with this tension, this tendency to respond to, to areas of our life in, in one of two ways. We either respond with reliance, meaning reliance upon God, or we respond with action, meaning we just kind of go and we do. Right? You see, reliance kind of says God does everything and we do nothing. Right? Reliance, God does everything and we do nothing. It's kind of the idea, and you've probably heard this. I've said it to let go and let God, right? And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, statement. There's been times just in my own journey with God that I've had to remind myself I got to let go of it, right? And let God work. But the problem is when we hide behind statements like that and disguise our own spiritual indifference or inaction. You see, if you pay close attention to our verse today, you'll notice that just because God is building the house, doesn't mean that you and I get to stand on the street and watch him build, right? Now the other side of the coin is action. And action swings to the opposite side and it says God does nothing and we do everything. Now, the knee-jerk reaction to this statement, we would all probably think, oh, that is totally not me but there's a lot of followers of Christ that respond this way. There's actually a name for it. It's called practical atheist. It's a phrase that describes people that when they're faced with a problem, they turn to themselves to fix it. (laughs) How many of us, when we're faced with a problem, that we turn to ourselves to fix it? In other words, God isn't our architect. He becomes our interior designer, right? We end up building our own houses and then we ask God to make that house look good. You see, in order for us to receive the key to a, the, a measurably more door that God desires to give each and every one of us, we have to recognize that it's not reliance or action, it's reliance and action. That when you think about what is faith, faith is the combination of reliance and action. It's the combination of yes, relying and trusting in God, but also as James says, right? Like what kind of faith is that that you would believe but not do? You see what I'm saying? It is both sides of the same coin. I, I think the easiest way to, um, to illustrate that is, is through um, a slow dance. Um, I, I remember in middle school, my first middle school dance, and I had to stand in the kitchen with my stepmom, and that was the most awkward thing in the world. And she had to teach me how to slow dance because I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am, um, um, I'm challenged in the area of movement. <laughs> and um, I've asked uh, my daughter, Jordan, I'm gonna take advantage of Father's Day. She kind of has to come up here, but Jordan, would you come up? And uh, let's illustrate. Um, man, I better not start crying, like thinking about, All right. So here's what reliance and action looks like. You see, our relationship with God is much like a slow dance. God wants us to be connected, right? He wants to lead and we follow. And it's this divine dance between us and God of Him leading and us following. Him leading and us following. What we sometimes do in our life is that he tries to lead and we don't go, right? Wouldn't that be an awkward dance? (laughs) Like he's trying to lead and we're not going. Or what about this? Some of us do this. Some of us, God leads one direction and we go the other, right? (laughs) And And that's why oftentimes in our life, it feels like we're out of rhythm with God that we feel like there's just a, a disconnect between us and God and it's because either we're not, he's moving and we're not, or we're mo- he's moving one direction and we're moving the other. And I think part of the truth behind what Solomon is saying is that when he builds the house and we build alongside with him, that it is a heavenly divine rhythm That as he leads in our life, and we follow, that in our lives, it feels like we're in rhythm, we're in step, there's relationship there. Here, put your head on my shoulder. (laughs) We find rest. Sometimes we're going to step on the Father's feet. We might mess up his white shoes from yeah, time to I was time. Mess him up. But our Father loves that. Because there's nothing more that our Heavenly Father wants than to have His cherished bride in His arms, in lockstep with Him, in the rhythm of the Holy Spirit, doing what He is designed for us to do in our lives. And then at some point at the end of our life, he decides he wants us home and he, he ends that moment with a spin and he welcomes us with open arms. I just added that last part. Yeah. Love you. Thank you. Church, what's the takeaway? Psalm 127, verse one. What does God want? us to understand from this he wants us to understand to have a picture that he doesn't bless what he doesn't build that he wants us to in every area of our life to quit experiencing problems and trying to fix it ourselves, but to rely on him and to have action to enter into the divine dance with God, allowing Him to lead and us to follow. And maybe that's why Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, that I am the vine, that you are the branches, that if you remain in me and I in you, that you will bear much fruit. But He said this apart from me, you can do nothing. And so, how do we do it? How do we live our life? That way? How do we make God the architect? I think it's easily explained, but a little bit more difficult to live out. You see, in all of our lives, we draw a line. And on one side of that line is all the things that we rely on God for, on the other side is all the things that we trust ourselves with. And we all got them. My list is gonna be different than your list and your list is gonna be different than the people sitting to your left and your right. But we all have this side of the line of things that we trust God for and the things that we trust ourselves for. And I think at the end of the day, what Solomon is getting at and what God is getting at is that if we wanna build the kind of life where God builds it, we participate Then at some point, we've got to erase the line. We've got to erase the line and put everything, trust everything to Him. That no matter how big or small something may seem, that we talk to God about it, that we invite Him into the decision-making process, and then we just say yes to whatever it is that He tells us to do. You know what I find interesting and really heartbreaking about this Psalm is that Solomon wrote it, but he didn't live it out. You see, for Solomon, he loved God. He did great things for God. God spoke through him. He wrote three books of the Bible. But in the end, he chose to be the architect of his own life. And he ended up drifting away from God, and as a result, God removed his blessing and his favor upon his life. Friend, I want to end with these questions to you. Who's your architect? Who's the architect in your marriage? Who's the architect today with your business? Who's the architect today with your kids, with your future, with your career? my challenge to you is to erase the line. Erase the line, invite God into the decision-making process, and then just say yes. And the reason why is because God wants to give you and I the keys to the door of immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine in our lives. But friend, in the end know this, that he will only bless what he builds. Would you bow your head with me today? Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you, God, for your love. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives that, God, when we get it wrong, Lord, you're there to invite us into another dance. Lord, I pray in this moment, Lord, as we've As we've heard your word and we've just kind of sensed the challenge of your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that you would help us to to give you permission to be the architect in every area of our life. Church, I don't know, with every head bowed and eye closed, maybe there's an area in your life that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now that it's time to let go. Quit drawing up your own plans of how it should look and what it should be like. Right now in this moment, the Holy Spirit is inviting you into this amazing relationship and future of immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine but you got to make him the architect that area there every head bowed and eye closed maybe you're here today and maybe you just feel you feel far from God maybe today it was the visual of the dance and it just, it opened your eyes to how disconnected that you feel from, from God in your relationship. Listen, we all want a great life. We all wanna experience all that God has for us, but if we don't build it on the foundation of Jesus, then it all ends up falling apart maybe you're here today and that's the invitation that you sense the Holy Spirit is inviting you to in this moment. An invitation to quit building your life on your foundation and to build it on the foundation of Jesus. If that's you, I'm not gonna ask you to stand or come forward, but I do wanna lead you in a prayer today. If that's you, just right there where you're sitting, just slip up your hand as a just as a declaration to God that, that I wanna get this right. Like I wanna... I want to build my family. I want to build my house on the right foundation. I want to leave this place knowing that I'm, that I'm moving in the right direction with my life. Yeah, anybody else? With every head bowed and eye closed, say this prayer with me and church family, say it with me as well. God, Thank you for sending your son to pay for my sins. Today I ask you that you'll forgive me. Forgive me for building my life on my foundation. Be the Lord of my life, the foundation of my life, and help me live for you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at transform TLH. Thanks again for listening. And we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.